I'm Riley. And I'm Ronnie. And this is the Plan to Eat podcast, where we have conversations about meal planning, food, and wellness to help you answer the question, what's for dinner? Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Plan to Eat podcast. Today, we have a really fun interview with Sam and Dan Matthews. They're podcast hosts, content creators, and parents of two. They also have traveled full-time and lived in their RV. Today, we get to talk to Dan and Sam a lot about uh, the nomadic life and what it looks like to meal plan and meal prep, uh, what they have room for, how they store stuff. So if this is something you've ever been interested in, this podcast is going to hopefully be really helpful for you as you figure out how to downsize your kitchen space and your cooking space. Um, We talked about so much more, but we're excited to share it with you and we hope you love the episode. Dan and Sam, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. We're excited to talk to you. Thanks for having us here. Yeah, we're pumped. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, so I'm Sam. I'm Dan. And we have been RV living now full time for just over five months, I think. Um, Back in 2019 was when we started our quote unquote RV life. Um, We lived stationary for a few months. We loved it. Transition happened and we lived with some family friends in a guest house. And then through um, just some more changes, we were brought back to RV life. We wanted to travel. We were in between renting and buying land. And we figured why not just hit the road in the RV. Um, I also finished up a surrogacy journey. And so to kind of focus on the kids and family time, we thought traveling would be so fun. Um, so let's see, August 18th, I think of 2022, we hit the road full time. And how many states have we been to now? 20? No, it's probably pushing 30 now. Dan's driven all of the miles, but maybe two. Yep. <laughs> so it, um, he may have a different take on it, but it has been so fun just being on the road with the kids, making those memories. Um, some days are exhausting because it's like 14 hours. If we choose to travel that much in one day, it's like 14 hours. Um, but it's been a blast. Yeah, we've we've loved it. I I really like the spontaneous aspect of it. Uh, I felt like I don't know, like a wandering gypsy or somebody <laughs> that jumps on a train and travels from state to state, not knowing where they're gonna stop. And there were nights where we'd be driving. It's like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, look, a rest area, and we just pull up next to all the 18 wheelers, and we're like, I felt pretty cool. Up. Yeah, we're setting up like our Starlink yeah. on top of it as we're <laughs> chilling in this rest area and. So that side of it, we definitely enjoy, but we also want to establish a home base here in Springfield. Yeah. I could imagine uh, that some people listening are like, that sounds so. Okay, look, I'm a planner. Yeah. And like the like, the, like I've got no plan thing. So yeah. I guess by listeners, I mean me. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, there's no plan. You just yeah. go. There is something very romantic about the gypsy life, but it feels yeah, so really. scary. Yeah, I'm a planner too. And so that was hard for me because we had we had certain like states or locations on our bucket list. Like I always wanted to see Haystack Rock on in Cannon Beach in Oregon. Um, Dan wanted to go to Glacier in Yellowstone. And then we love places like Florida and the Badlands. So we're like, okay, how can we hit all these? What route can we go? So instead of planning everything ahead, it was kind of like the morning or the night of when we'd hit the road. We're like, okay, our goal is Oregon. We're in Utah. How are we going to get there? And what do we want to see on the way? And so it was just planning in a different way. Um, and sometimes it wasn't in our favor because it would be like 10 at night. And we're like, oh, dang, where are we going to sleep for the night? Um, but for the most part, I was able to just calm my anxiety of lack of planning and just live in the moment and, you know, stay wherever we ended up. I feel like we'll go back to that at some point. We'll be like, you know what? Let's just take a month and go yeah. travel wherever or we decide maybe without to. Kids. But <laughs> doing that for five months definitely takes its toll and we wanted to see so much that even with that amount of time it's difficult so there were times we'd go to like Yellowstone and we'd spend one day in Yellowstone which if anybody's been there you know you could spend three weeks there and not see it all and so we got little glimpses of things here and there but as a whole I think we're going to slow it down if we if we give anyone a piece of advice it would spend at least a week in one area um at one time not a day because yeah we were in a different state every day sometimes but it was fun that's crazy oh what was the thing that made you guys decide to uproot your life and just live in an rv um like i said it was the perfect transition from we were renting and our owners needed to sell their property um and we were also finishing finishing up a surrogacy journey and 
um, were like, what a great way to just switch from in a surrogacy journey. I don't bring the baby home and our kids are four and six years old and they've never remembered or like my oldest, my son, he doesn't remember bringing home a baby and, you know, having a sibling, but we wanted something to kind of get their mind off of the thought of, oh, mom had a baby in her belly. The baby's not coming home with us. So instead to focus on traveling, like we get to go to the beach, we get to go to the mountains. Um, and then it just so happened with the way things worked out with us needing to find a new place to live that RV life just made sense um, with and, that transition. And I think it also went back to about a year and a half ago, we competed in a TV show where we renovated uh, a van, another team renovated an RV, another team re renovated a school bus all yeah. in five days. And meeting all of those people that live the nomadic lifestyle, they're like traveling the country in their van. And they're like, oh, I don't know, I'm probably going to go down to the desert for the next three months and hang out there and probably meet up at this music festival. And we remember talking about that one night during the competition. We we got like five hours of sleep all week. But yeah. uh, we'd go and lay in bed and we're like, man, these people, they just go wherever they, they want. They so happy some, too. They're not tied down. And they love life and the adventures and the stories that they came away with are awesome. And so I think that's been in the back of our mind ever since we got to that point. Yeah. Uh, or ever since we competed. And so we just wanted to experience transition. it. And we we loved, um, like I said, living stationary at the time in 2019. It worked perfect for us. But I always wanted to see and maybe that's the stubborn part of me of just like I need to experience it. I always wanted to experience full time RV life because you see people doing it, you know, and anything you see online, you're like, oh, this looks great. This looks so fun. Like They seem like they have the best life. So we're like, why not experience it and try it out for ourselves? So it was one of those things that we always wanted to do. So we're like, this is the perfect time to just make it happen. Finally. Might as well. We could do it when we're 70, but might as well do it in our 30s. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like 30-year-old snowbirds that live in the north all summer. Right. And Go down to Florida. So I know something about you guys, um, but it's like a distance. It's like this, like, I don't know if you lived in a school bus or you yeah. did or you were gonna what's that connects to this too yes this is does. not just like so yeah go ahead we bought a school bus and it wasn't it was in 2017 dan was at work and he called me up he's like can we buy a school bus i'm like wait what i should have been working i was on craigslist though and or facebook marketplace or something and the school bus popped up and it said that it ran and i was like I could turn this into a thousand cool things like i don't know which direction i want to go but i called her i said hey do we have enough money to buy this school bus? And she's like, uh, I mean, yeah, I we did not. I think we took like, out like a small personal loan. It was 1800 So it was, wasn't a ton, but we didn't have just random money sitting around buying a bus. No. So, so we, started, we started gutting the whole thing. And then uh, we had every intention of turning it into an RV, traveling around in this old school yeah, bus. Yeah, we were just like going camping with friends and family in it. Yeah, but then at that point, I got a job offer out in Colorado. Yeah. So instead of living on 230 acres and having plenty of room to renovate and my tools all over, we moved into a 900 square foot apartment with barely <laughs> enough room to park and... a small car. I mean, everybody was like oh, mirror yeah. to mirror in that parking lot. And so we had to get rid of the school bus. Um, but that's that was cool. always something we wanted to do. Yeah. And that's kind of, I guess, where our tiny living started was the school bus. Um, and then obviously I had to get rid of it and move to Colorado. And then I, the next time I was looking on Facebook Marketplace and again, watching everyone on Instagram live their RV life, renovate. And I'm like, we never finished renovating the bus. Like, why don't we renovate the RV? So we made it happen. So ultimately, this is just kind of who you guys are. Like, this is yeah. just, it's just built into you guys. <laughs> Started with a school bus. <laughs> yeah. If you had asked me, though, I don't think I would have ever said, like, yeah, I'm down for that. I'm going to live in a small space traveling mm -hmm. the country. For me, I always wanted to, you know, have a big chunk of land where we could adventure on our own property. And then once I realized that we could basically have access to millions of acres mm -hmm. all over the country of public land that we could go and hike and bike and see waterfalls and uh, paddleboard or whatever you want to do, you can do it. Yeah. All you have to do is be more mobile. And so once we realized that, I mean, that was the big draw. I don't yeah. think our friends and family are too shocked at our life now I feel like ever since we've gotten married we have these random kind of spur of the moment decisions like who just buys a school bus you know who moves their two kids into a small RV when we first lived in it everyone's like oh I'm so sorry like you'll find a place like surely someone has a room you can rent oh, they and felt like, bad they were they pitying us hard like, no like we chose RV life RV life didn't choose us we chose it 
<laughs> and now and then whenever we decided to hit the road full time, they're like, all right, sounds good. See you. See you when you get back in town. So it's definitely a part of our life to be very spontaneous and nomadic and adventurous and just like we think through things, but also adventure is like the number one. We just don't take as much time to think through things. That's the difference. <laughs> we think through it, but it's like five minutes. Yes, we're, we're like, you good? I'm good. Sweet. Let's do it. If I called your mom today and said that we were buying a giraffe and a rhino and starting a zoo, she'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's not that far off from your guys' lifestyle. <laughs> Hopefully That's not. awesome. Oh, where's your favorite place in the U.S. you guys have traveled to? Ooh, I think we have two different places. You go. No, you go first. Florida. I love the beach. And this last time, especially, we went um, before RV life, we would go and stay in. We started out staying in a motel because it was cheaper. Then we like worked our way up to a nice fancy hotel. I mean, Margaritaville Hotel right off of Anna Marie Island. And then this last time we stayed at a RV resort that was a block away, like right across the bridge from Anna Marie Island. And that's where we love to travel. And we hopped on our e-bikes every day and rode across the beach. And it was so fun. There was one day when it just downpoured and we're cruising on our e-bikes. Look, Dan's looking back at me. Soaking wet. But we're like grinning ear to ear. Like this, this is the best moment. I am dripping wet. My (laughs) new leather shoes I just got are destroyed from the rain. But I'm living my best life. So, and the kids love the sand. They love the beach. And so... For me, I would for sure say the beach. I thought you were going to say the Badlands. Oh, that is that can't. Oh my gosh, waking up to the North Rim right there, gorgeous. For me, it would be the Redwoods. I've always wanted to see it, and I thought it would be cool. Um, But if you had asked me before I had been to any of these places, I would have been like, Glacier is going to be my number one. Like it's going to be the coolest place I've ever been. And then we got to the Redwoods in Northern California, and it blew my mind. I mean. We're parked in an RV, this giant vehicle that everywhere I drive, I feel huge compared to everyone else. And you get there and you just feel so small. And there's hundred foot or several hundred foot tall trees that are wider uh, than the RV. I mean, it it really felt like we entered Jurassic Park for a second. I mean, it was a different world. Not to mention the huge herd of elk that we (laughs) encountered upon entering uh, the national park did not like me very much it came after me i had to hide behind something well that sounds amazing i haven't i love florida i love the beach i haven't been sorry i haven't been to the redwoods but yeah i would really love to it's on my list it's fun it's definitely spend spend like a week there because there's so much to see and you're right on the coast Mm -hmm. and so not only could you be standing next to a tree the size of a house but you could be looking out and apparently certain times of year orcas will visit the coast. And I really, that's like, we're going to have to go back on the on coast again. List. I want to see a killer whale just like cruising right along. We the saw beach. in Alaska. No, we never saw. What was the big whale we saw? That was a gray whale. Oh, my bad. <laughs> At this point in the conversation, I'm, I know people are wondering, how does yeah. this relate to plan to eat? <laughs> um, <laughs> So we get a ton of people who contact us, and by a ton, I mean, it feels like a ton, but it's not hey. a lot. I know that the, the RV life, the small living life is mm-hmm. not, um, the nomadic living life is not like yeah. a huge percentage of the population. But um, we have a ton of people who contact us and ask us like, okay, I live in my boat for the summer, or mm-hmm. they're a snowbird and they live in a small place for the winter, or um, we've got RVers, we've got just people who camp long term, things like that, off grid. Yeah. And they want to know, how do I plan for this? Yeah. Um, and so we thought we'd uh, pull in some experts because we are not <laughs> experts on the nomad life. Um, so let's get started with what's the food storage situation like in your RV? Um, and kind of yes. how do you plan for that? Yeah, um, the lack thereof, I'd like <laughs> to say. Um, Dan and I have actually gotten to a few um, conversations like, why are you buying 10 boxes of cereal? And why are you... Like we don't have room, but then again, you do have somewhat of storage. And so um, I think we have a total of one, two, we have like two cabinets, ones for like dishes and stuff, ones for food. And then we have a skinny mini pantry, but it goes pretty deep, like the depth of our fridge. Um, And then obviously an RV fridge, which is half the size, if not less than a residential fridge. And so you do have to kind of get creative with your storage, but in 
the way you shop and meal plan, you can make it work. And so whether you're buying things in bulk because it's cheaper or you don't want to run out, like that's that's what happened with me. We were going up north for um, Thanksgiving and it always snows up there. And I'm like, I'm not going to run to the store every week to get a new box of cereal. Like it's all I have it right now. We can fit 10 boxes in here and the kids eat it every morning and I eat my protein cereal every morning. And so why not just buy it now? So there's certain there's certain things you can bulk um, buy. But yeah, the storage is definitely something to work around. I feel like staying organized with it is the key. Yeah. I mean, like you put you put all your chips in one spot, your granola bar, your spices, and you just have to do it on a smaller scale. But yeah. there's times like once we actually go through all of our groceries, we bring them home and we put them in their spot. I almost feel like I'm on cribs. You know, when you used to like walk in their house and they open their fridge and everything's perfectly <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, divided up. And so, I mean, the kids know uh, what pantry mm-hmm. drawer has all of their granola bars yeah, for their their snacks. or their applesauce pouches. Um, you know, we know right where all of our food is. And so it's not like you're having to look for anything. Everything's with, I mean, you could stand in one spot in the kitchen and grab every piece <laughs> of food that we have because you have such a small space. That's true. But if you say organized, even with a, a small amount of space, you can make it work. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into this. But um, with that, with the smaller space, you have to kind of be creative. So you can't, you, when you're shopping on your own, and especially the days where I, you know, don't have my list with me or whatever, I will just pick up random things like, ooh, this looks good. This looks good. You know, the kids are with you. They want Oreos. They want these cookies or whatever. You're buying all these random things. Well, in an RV, you don't have the space for it. You have to by like real strategically what's on your menu like what are you planning for for the week otherwise we just throw stuff in our shower which becomes a storage space whenever we're parked um oddly enough and so yeah you don't have a ton of extra space to just buy random things you have to stay a little focused and organized how often do you guys go to the grocery store to like replenish everything that you have Dan, how often do you go to the grocery wow. store wow that seemed like a very weighted question didn't it uh, no, oh, it's probably about once a week. Yeah, about once a oh, week. Okay. There's certain things like the staple items, you know, um, non-perishable stuff. We can last several weeks. But because our fridge is so small, um, you know, storing those fresh fruits and vegetables, milk, um, different things we have to go every week. And so, yeah. And we don't we don't really find ourselves being out and being like, oh, man, I really want to go and get a burger from this place. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because if you're in the city, like we've parked at RV parks in the city Mm -hmm. and we had easy access to it but we'd still eat the food that we had in the rv but then like when we were in utah for two weeks Mm -hmm. for some reason being out in the middle of nowhere i mean we're running off of our generator power the entire time and we're sitting there like man the burgers i could go for a giant burger with bacon and for some reason yeah uh when you're away from civilization you want to go back and eat some of that stuff yeah but it's nice and maybe that's just part of the nomadic like person in us that we like to be away but there's certain aspects like you know when we're parked in portland oregon and we're craving a burger we're like yeah we're not about to go get out in all this traffic just to get a burger <laughs> like we'll just cook here um but yeah being out in the desert and then you're like man burger sounds good which tip the local like small restaurants in small towns are so good they usually have the best food we found yeah. so so what was the process like of figuring out how much you could buy and store in your RV as far as food goes. Like, did you like go to the grocery store the first time and like buy mm-hmm. what you would normally mm-hmm. buy when you were stationary? And then <laughs> yep. you're like, oopsie. Yeah, you kind of, it's for sure trial and error. So the first few times, you know, I got a Sam's membership and there's certain things that Sam's <laughs> really like, but it comes in like twos or fours or eights. And you're like, oh, dang, where am I going to put all this? Like recently I got, and I still guilty of doing it. Um, like Annie's mac and cheese was on sale at Costco. It's an eight pack. It's an eight box. And so I'm like, dang, where am I going to put this? But we've designated above our fridge. There's this cabinet that lifts, lifts up that goes really deep. That's all my like bulk extra. So if in my pantry space, I run out of a box of pasta or, you know, our protein drinks, then I look up there and that's where everything's stashed because it doesn't have to be accessible. Or I can just sometimes it all in you there. forget to look up there and then you buy <laughs> twice as much. And then we realize we've got four months worth of mac yep, and cheese. That would be peanut butter and right now pasta and um, 
I don't know. I think oatmeal or something. So many. I think it was after one trip, though, to the grocery store. You figured it out pretty quick because we yeah. were shoving like bags of chips and wheat thins for the kids underneath the couch. We're like, we don't have any room for this. So we're just putting it everywhere. <laughs> In our closet. And then after that, it was like, OK, when we go, we know that, you know, this box or this ingredient is going to yeah. last us for two weeks. So we don't need to buy it next time. We'll buy it the mm-hmm. time after that. Taking inventory of what you already have, yeah. making sure it's not on your list again is so important because we just don't have the space. And then when we need a shower, we're like taking everything out of the shower and like putting it on our bed. <laughs> it's do awful. you find do you find that uh, cooking this way makes you cook? Like, do you get in a rut more often because you kind of like this is the space yeah. we have. This is how this is an easy meal we can make. Or do you feel like you guys can eat whatever and do a lot of variety? It's for sure. It's for sure a rut. And also it depends on what type of RV lifer you are. So mm-hmm. when you are stationary, you're usually hooked up with full hookups. So you have water, you have power. Um, you know, you can wash dishes like normal. But when we are out in the desert, we're conserving water. And so um, all we have is the fresh water in our tank and the generator run thing. So when you're, you know, washing your hands, it's like, hurry, turn the water on. Okay, turn it off. Okay, turn it on, turn it off. And so you can't, you know, you can't dirty 10 dishes for one meal. It's more like, okay, let's eat some cereal with paper bowls and spoons. Let's do sandwiches for lunch on paper plates. Um, and so depending on what our our life or like our week of travel looks like, we'll kind of adjust our menu accordingly. Um, I, and it's kind of been hard for me because I do love cooking and love making, um, like homemade meals from scratch, whether it's, um, Alfredo with garlic and butter and fresh Parmesan cheese. Like I enjoy doing that, but if I'm in the middle of Utah, I can't make, I can't do that. And so having to adjust our grocery, um, grocery plan or like our meal plan for that week is really important. Um, so yeah, it just depends. And I feel like snacking while you're out. I mean, that became a pretty big deal because we did, like you said, we didn't want to prepare big meals. We didn't want a ton of dishes. And so then we would, we would plan our snacks almost like they were meals. And so, you know, we do tortillas, pepperoni and uh, string string cheese cheese and roll it up and you make a quick snack or peanut butter roll up. Yeah. Peanut butter roll ups, jerky, uh, almonds, cashews, you know, a lot of little things like that. So then when it did come time to eat, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I need a whole plate of food. You could just eat a sandwich and be totally fine. Yeah. And it would it would change depending on where we were um, or how far we had to travel. But even on travel days, mm-hmm. I mean, there were days we'd put 16 hours on the road. Uh, I should say I would put 16 hours on the road. <laughs> the kids would sleep, <laughs> no. be on your computer. I'm like, can I just sit and watch a movie while you drive? <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'd plan our snacks accordingly. And so she'd be like, Hey, I've got these three things made. Do you want one of them? She'd grab it quick while I'm driving and we wouldn't have to stop. Yeah. There were times which we actually found that we loved this, um, where we were park stationary and even we didn't have full hookups, but we have a Blackstone grill and we would cook meals outside. So when we were at, um, Dan talked about gutted earlier, there was an event in Kansas city or season two, they were filming and, we had everyone over one morning and I, my heart warmed up so much because we were able to host and in a small space, you can't, I mean, we do have actually good seating in our RV. We can see like one, two, three, four, like comfortably six adults, actually eight adults with the two front seats. Um, but we don't host a lot and I love hosting. And so one morning we invited everyone over for breakfast. We pulled out the Blackstone, Dan made bacon, potatoes, pancakes, and it was so fun. And it was actually minimal dishes because it was like, the bowl to mix the pancake mix and then the blackstone and a few utensils and then other than that was like paper plates and bowls and stuff um and so yeah that was fun to do that but we just can't do it inside it has to be an outside activity it it really <laughs> is a good tool though to have a big flat cooktop mm-hmm. because you don't have to sit there and wash it after each yeah. one you know like if you get a little bacon grease on your pancakes everyone's probably <laughs> gonna thank you they're not gonna be mad about it so uh we would you know you, it, it's just a bigger pan basically that you can cook everything on all at once and like Mm -hmm. you said you'd have two spatulas maybe a pair of tongs yeah and that's all we had to clean up after so that's funny that you bring that up because that was my next question was like do you guys have a grill because it seems like in the situation you're in that would be like a key element to like having some more variety in meals yeah Uh, i imagine for the people who like live on a boat for the summer or whatever like Obviously, they don't have that, but they have a different situation, which is maybe like fishing all the time or something yeah. like that. So. Yeah, we've um, recently bought, we just bought a George Foreman because it's cold in Missouri right now. And so, you know, pulling out the Blackstone, I mean, Dan would do it. I would not cook the <laughs> Blackstone outside. But we got a George Foreman just for like paninis. He eats a turkey melt sandwich for lunch. 
And it's easy just to throw it on the George Foreman, you know, wipe it down when it's done. Um, and we have a instant pot. I think I got that a couple months ago because at first starting out, we just had, you know, pots and pans, but I was dirtying multiple pans for one meal. When you do an instant pot, you can kind of do it all in one in different stages. And so getting the instant pot was nice. The George Foreman, um, I got a toaster oven but because I didn't. Whenever it was hot in the is summer, it's still in the trunk. It's still in the trunk of my car because I have nowhere months. to put it. We don't have a storage space in the camper, but I got it because in the summer, I didn't want to heat it, like do the oven for like chicken nuggets or something for the kids because it heats up the entire RV. When you have a little toaster oven, it's you know just small. But I found that we weren't hooked up to. We do like dispersed camping, which is no hookups, and so we didn't have you know power a lot of the times. But I just kept it in the trunk because there's no space for it. But I do want a air fryer. That's still on my list. But having those nice um, appliances is really helpful. Less dishes. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, you can get away from the traditional cooking if you mm-hmm. do have power or a backup source. Uh, you can run electric, and yeah. so uh, even if you are on a boat. Get one of the small like pancake irons, you know, it's yeah. like two feet wide and a foot deep and you could still cook a big meal on that. I had a little griddle. switch it up a lot. I mean, you could do hibachi on that. Yeah. We've used stuff like that while I'm out hunting and everybody will bring leftovers from, you know, the week before they'll make a big enough meal and we'll make spaghetti on that. You know, you pre-make it and then all you do is put it on there, flip heat it around it a couple times, heat it up and you're ready to go. And when we're not hooked up to power, we have like a power bank that will charge. And then you can just hook up into that instead of the RV or turn the generator on. Yes. So, Dan, you're a pretty avid hunter. You even run your own hunting podcast, right? Uh, What do you do during hunting season when you potentially like get a large game animal or something, but you only have a little tiny fridge? (laughs) That was all year, basically, Dan. All year. (laughs) We've been making trips. I mean, we because we're in the center of the U.S., like where we're our home base wanting Missouri. to yeah we kind of call it home base you know her family's here so we'll stop in and say hi to everybody mm-hmm. we've got a lot of friends here and so i've got a big chest freezer at one of my friends house uh and so we'll come through i'll drop off a deer mm-hmm. or an elk or whatever i have and i'll just drop it off in the freezer and then we'll kind of replenish our frozen meat supply when we come back through yeah. and so we'll i mean about half the freezer i would say almost is taken up with, yeah with wild game meat and then once we run low, we know we've got to make a stop back here or very rarely do we stop and like buy beef at the store. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we were out, we would just have to do that, I guess. We do have a portable freezer that goes down to like zero degrees. And so that's nice if we're ever transporting meat from one state to another, we can just put it in there because it does not fit in our small RV um, freezer. But we have that if we ever need. Yep. Let's see. I, I, what else? Like what's your like favorite thing about RV life like what um and this doesn't have to be food related like yeah it could be um but I I love food (laughs) yeah then tell me your favorite food related thing but and as a mom um, it's like I feel like my whole life revolves around food because every every few minutes it gets I'm hungry I want a snack um but what's your what's our favorite meal that we've cooked in the RV I would probably say the day we had everyone over for pancakes bacon and breakfast potatoes i could eat breakfast food breakfast lunch and dinner yeah it's it's the best meal of the day i don't know if it was part of it hosting and just having everyone there or if it was the food itself probably a combination of both we are we've liked recently doing um elk steaks so dan got an elk in colorado um and at night we'll have elk steaks and broccoli and super easy to make salt pepper and then steak seasoning and we use the george foreman boil some broccoli either on the stove or put the bag in the microwave and that's a really good meal yeah i think my favorite meal to make uh when when i'm hosting people is philly cheesesteaks oh yeah i love making philly cheesesteaks on the blackstone and there's something about it like i don't Dan i very doesn't rarely cook. cook if i'm outside i will cook every meal maybe I, you need to plan more grill blackstone grill meals and that's then probably why you like being in florida because it's warm enough for me to yeah. cook outside all the time for real we just need to go back to florida we'd all be happier <laughs> i yeah, mean honestly, i there is something really special about like i love to go camping and just camping yeah. food tastes better yeah uh, like cooking it outside being mm-hmm. together like all of that i think it i think it's 
like 50% situational and 50% mm-hmm. the food. Yeah. Like, and who you're with. So maybe not 50-50. Um, but I think all plays into it. Food tastes better when you're with people that you love. I feel like I can get more creative too in these season of, and maybe this is my um, seasonal depression coming out, but in when it's cold and you have like, I have no motivation to cook and, you know, wash clean dishes in the freezing water. Like I would much rather be in Florida making some like fresh pineapple salsa or like um, teriyaki chicken on the grill, you know, sandwiches or something. Like that for me is sounds so fun. See, this is where we're a divided home or a divided <laughs> RV, I guess, because <laughs> I love when it's cold mm-hmm. and we do like when you do Zupa Toscana. Oh, yeah. Oh, my That's gosh. Soup. It's like cold and it's just a hot soup I on a add cold that to the day. And then uh, the other thing is chili and grilled cheese. Oh, my gosh. Or chili and peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, Which on a cold weird. day. I know it sounds weird. It's I, so I would have called everyone's bluff on that and then i tried it and it's great um but i love being in the cold and then yeah coming home to we don't drink coffee so like hot chocolate i mean i did or like a really hot soup is awesome what we found too dan's talking about all these soups and now i feel like i have to put them on the menu but what we found too because we have a lack of space and storage for all these ingredients i kind of have to have like multiple uses for things so if we do you know, elk steaks and we thaw a bunch of elk steaks out. Okay. We're going to have elk steak for dinner, but maybe in the morning we can do like steak and eggs or for lunch we could do, um, like steak burritos, you know, throw some peppers on the grill. Um, because you're using the same ingredient for multiple things instead of a recipe. And that's why I'm like, I have to plan so carefully because if I do this, if I plan a week worth of meals and every meal has a different type of meat and every meal has a different ingredient. Well, I don't have space for all of that. And so when, I, when I'm able to plan and be like, okay, we're doing, I'm going to go to like ground, you know, venison or elk because that's what we use most of the time. You know, if I have elk steak, then I can plan it for multiple meals instead of having to have, you know, ground sausage and ground turkey and chicken breast and ground, you know, beef. And but it's so. good because you're like, the MacGyver of the culinary world. Oh, I feel, like... I feel like if I was on Chopped, I would totally win. And maybe it comes from my mom was a single mom. And so growing up, she's an amazing cook, but she would create an amazing meal with like four ingredients. And so whenever I watch Chopped and they're like, here's some p- pineapple slices, also some Dr. Pepper and a whole jar of garlic cloves. I'm like, what are you going to make with that? But then I just get in this, like, it makes me excited. Like it's a challenge of hmm, what can I make? Or if I'm you know, we have brown rice and peppers. I'm like, what am I going to make with brown rice and peppers? So then I just go to Pinterest and I like look up a recipe. I'm like, ooh, this one looks good. And you end up trying something you've never tried before and either really liking it or you just kind of put a spin on it and make it your own and then you end up liking it. And so, yeah, you have to kind of be creative, um, but also plan well to use the same ingredient for multiple things where you don't get bored of it. Because, I mean, we do meal prep a lot and we have We'll eat, you know, elk steak and broccoli multiple times a night just because it's easy. You don't have to think about it. Um, you know, we know how to make it. We know how to clean. And um, but whenever I have to put thought into it, it makes it a little bit less enjoyable. I get kind of frustrated because I'll go and I'll look in the pantry. And I'm like, we have nothing. We have no food at all. And then 15 minutes later, she's got like a five course <laughs> meal. And I'm like, where did all the? Did you go to the store? And she's like, no, we had it all. And I'm like, how did you turn that into this? Yep. She made like gourmet ramen noodles one time oh that's she's like really this good. is really good and i was like it's ramen noodles babe quit trying to like church it up it's ramen noodles and she's like just try it just try it and i tried it and i was like can you make that again <laughs> yeah doesn't meal make a prep lot of ingredients meal prep's got to be the best way well one really good tip for people who are in this situation um because like what you just said, like taking the elk steaks and then turning it into breakfast and another dinner and a different kind of lunch. Like, yeah, it's like cook once, eat all week kind of yeah. life, which is super helpful because then you're not dirtying as much. You're not using as much exactly. water. You're not in all of the situations. Uh, it really eases the burden of cooking yeah. in a small space and small storage and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You cook like, it all. It's like you have to bulk shop or not bulk shop, but um, plan out your shopping, but then you kind of bulk cook. So if I know yeah. I'm going to have multiple days of pasta, then I cook a big pot of it. Then I have it. We'll usually do Ziploc bags because then it's less to wash when we are stationary. Um, 
or when we don't have full hookups. And so I'll have, you know, the noodles already prepped. That way I don't have to go back and do it again. Or we'll cook up a bunch of ground meat all at once and then just portion it out for different meals. Um, so yeah, we got to get real creative with that. Well, and we, we've got some books in the RV, but I mm -hmm. feel like the majority of the books that or, aren't kids books are, are like recipe books, yeah. whether it's wild game stuff or like the Magnolia yeah. table, mm -hmm. something. Is that what it is? Ooh. I see it every morning at the stove like as the if I'm cooking because I walk past. <laughs> uh, but yeah, having, having those recipe books, because then you can read through and you're like, oh, hey, you know what? We've got most of those ingredients we yeah. can supplement with the other stuff that we do have. Or if we ever get in a rut of cooking the same thing over and over and you get a little bored, we just look up a recipe. Yeah, there's a couple that we picked up on the road, like pastelaya. Oh, that was good. It was in hot, Texas. Yeah. It, it's fun when you go and meet other people also mm -hmm. because then they're like, oh, hey, come over. We're going to make this special meal for you. And then you find new recipes that way too. And yeah. most of them, I feel like a lot of meals are the same ingredients, mm -hmm. just different ways. cooked and prepared a different way. And so oh, yeah. there's a million things that you can make with the stuff we have in the camper right now. We need to do it. We need to do a second episode where you guys talk to us about cooking wild game and like yeah. tips and tricks. And because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people's aversion to wild game mm -hmm. is like flavor. And it's like, yeah. but if you know how to cook it, it's not for sure. That's really not as much of an issue. I mean, sometimes an animal doesn't taste as good yeah. as another. But, exactly. Um, cooking it does really help a lot. I definitely married into hunting. It was not something I grew up doing or grew up really knowing about. Um, and at first I was definitely weirded out. Like, I'm about to eat a duck. I'm about to eat deer. And Dan's like, don't even. She looked even... in the freezer one time and there were rabbit, squirrel, pheasant, deer, I'm and like... duck. And she's like, <laughs> Doesn't what animals. is going on? We have a farm inside of our freezer. Or I'd take something out. I'm like, Dan, I don't know what meat this is. Can you tell me what. I'm like, oh, that's of... a squirrel egg. <laughs> Or he'll be like, that's a goose breast or something. I don't know. And yeah, figuring out how I was going to cook it was so hard. It was like daunting to me at first, but he has a few um, wild game recipe books. And I always told myself or at the beginning, I told myself, I'm going to make this meat like four different ways because I could make it one way, Riley, like you said, and you taste it and you're like, this is awful. It tastes so bad because of the ingredients you use. It took out that gamey taste. But if I cooked it this way, it actually um, masked, it, masked it a little bit. I can't even say that word. Masked. Masked. <laughs> it like masks it. <laughs> Hides it a little bit. And so um, I think duck was the first thing that I tried. And I made like duck nuggets. I made like barbecue pulled duck. And then I did like a garlic seared, pan seared duck before. And, you know, I found which way I liked the best. And so being creative and trying different different things was really fun but um so that i didn't just take taste one bite and i was like i'm done you know yeah and you can either experiment with that stuff or you can get a good recipe book because yeah most most wild game people have an aversion to it because it hasn't been cooked right mm -hmm. you know like if you if you cook a venison steak well done and you dip it in teriyaki sauce, it will be it's, the yeah. most disgusting thing you've ever had. But you do medium rare. You do medium rare or steak you steak. or you put it in the Instapot and you shred it and put it in breakfast quesadillas. Yeah. Like there's so That's many different too. things that you can do. And even for duck, like for a long time, as we were figuring out exactly how to cook it, it was like, hey, I hunted this, so I'm gonna eat it mm -hmm. one way or another. But you wanna be able to enjoy it. And so that pastelaya down in Texas. Okay. It they cooked it with one of the toughest, most gamey ducks out there, and you couldn't taste it yeah. at all. And the flavor of everything else masked it. The way that they cooked the meat mm -hmm. masked it. So sorry, we got off on a little tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> you can no, tell we're, okay. we're foodies for sure. We're foodies, and that's just a part of our life. Like hunting is a part of our life and a food source for us. And so it just comes naturally to talk. So, yeah. About if you ask how often we go grocery shopping, it's like once a week, how often I go grocery shopping. There you go, it's, it's probably like four times. Every day. So. day. <laughs> well, you guys probably have really good venison in Missouri because yeah. like we, we like to go deer hunting in Kansas because they eat mm. a lot more corn and stuff or like yeah. we get antelope from Kansas too. Cause they, eat a lot more corn and stuff there. Whereas here in Colorado, they eat like sagebrush and yeah. it's like really 
um, changes the flavor of the meat. Just like if you're eating beef and mm-hmm. it's like a grain fed beef versus a grass fed beef, like you taste the flavor, like the flavor is yeah. totally different between those animals. We were talking about that the other day or even we were talking about Wagyu beef, how the cow is massaged and it's all oh, tender yes. and juicy. And then you have like, you know, the corn, corn fed farm raised cow. Well, people, I feel like a lot of people don't realize with game animals and most meat in general, the more you age it, the better mm-hmm. it's going to taste. That people think like, oh, it's got to be fresh, never frozen, and that's when it tastes the best. Actually, that's when it tastes the most gamey, typically. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, growing up, you know, there were times where we would hang a deer for a week before we did anything with it. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, right outside this door, so I've got two dozen ducks that are just hanging from me and my buddy. We shot them, and it's been about two and a half weeks that we've left them hang. And some people are like, that's so disgusting. But when you tried to figure that stuff out, uh, you realize how good the meat can actually taste. Mm -hmm. And even talking with other hunters, they won't pull any fresh meat out of their freezer. They'll Mm -hmm. pull stuff out that's been in there for two years. And then they eat it and they're like, dude, you got to let it age. You got to let it age. Whether it's dry aging, putting it in the freezer, there's 10 different ways to do it. But um, just in preparing it, and then letting it sit before you actually bring it into the kitchen. That can change the flavor a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, can't, I can't hang a whole elk in the RV, unfortunately. <laughs> Otherwise, no. I would. But <laughs> no. uh, yeah, that's where leaving it in the freezer works just fine. Oh, yeah. Probably like tip the RV over a little bit, right? <laughs> I could just put like a hanger on the back and it's just like dangling behind me. That's what I was envisioning too. I think I have one last question for you guys before we... I'm going to wrap up here, but um, give any RV cooking fails. Like, so the reason yep. I ask this is because, well, the thing I'm picturing is like Kevin and the chili on the office. Oh, where he, like dumps the whole right. pot of chili. Oh, Such a good episode. Yeah. Okay. But in the, in an RV, in the RV, like if you spill something, like your comforters got chili on yeah. it, you know, like, yeah. so do you guys okay, have Okay. I've fail? got two and then you can well, add in. Okay. I, can I just do one? Yeah. It's not a cooking fill, but it's a food fill. Yep. We were driving, yep. and it was actually in the Redwoods, and there were all these elk on the side of the road, and there was this dirt lot, and I'm like, I'm pulling into this dirt lot. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get out of it, but these elk are like- All of a sudden, right we saw them, us. and we're like, <laughs> So I turn, and I mean, these things are huge. You know, it's like a really, really heavy school bus, and mm-hmm. so it's like rocking, and you can feel, you feel like the whole thing is going to twist and break in half. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Sam's like, oh, no. uh, a whole jar of spaghetti sauce and Blue a whole that. bottle of syrup. Like the two most messy things you can imagine. Out of the cabinet. Both were like, we're out. And they just jumped out of the cabinet, exploded on the ground. And so we've got like pasta sauce. Yeah, you. I'm syrup. still finding like spaghetti dots of sauce everywhere. Oh, like on man. a white shower curtain. It's on there. Like the baseboards. It was all over oh, the floor. It exploded bad. Yeah. That was that was part of the, one of the worst. And then for me, this Thanksgiving, you know, with our family, everyone, you know, is signing up for what they're bringing. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just use my oven for the first time and bacon pumpkin pie. Like, why not? Okay. And I what you don't realize is the oven, the RV oven doesn't cook things um, like properly to temperature because of it being a small oven. And then the propane, like it just, you know, and I yeah, really... <laughs> They're really short ovens, right? So it's like right next to the heating element. Yes. Well, what I didn't realize was, okay, there's the, you know, heating element on bottom with this metal like sheet over it. Well, that's not where you put the the pie. You're supposed to put it on the rack itself. In a normal oven, there's like two racks. So I was thinking, okay, this is like the bottom rack. No, this is like right above the propane, the flames. And so I put it in there and I'm like, dang, like, you know, it's all cooking, maybe like 20 minutes. I'm like, well, something smells burnt. And I'm like, well, it's the first time using the oven. Maybe like some plastic got down there and, you know, it's just burning all that off because it's the first time. And then after another 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't smell right. Also, I'm like, oh, we got to get going. So I like pull the pie out. And immediately when I open like the oven, I'm just like, yeah, my pie is completely burnt. Also, it is nowhere near done. Like, it's still it, liquid. It was burnt and soup. At the same time, once. however you can have it. So, I smoke is in the RV, and we set the pie on the picnic table. At this point, we're late for our Thanksgiving dinner. I'm like, we'll just stop by <laughs> stop by Walmart and get a pre-made pie, which I looked for, you know, the ones in the bakery that are all done and boxed up and ready for you. 
Um, I looked for it whenever I was grocery shopping, but I couldn't find it. So I grabbed the oven one. You know, I should not have. So fail for sure. It was it was funny though. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a bummer too, because I'm a pie like as much as I like food, dessert is where it's at for me. Yeah. Which I can't buy many desserts because we don't have storage space for it. So Dean just loses out. It's unfortunate. Well, do you guys, before we finish, you guys, I want to hear just a little bit about how this transition happened with your kids. Um, So like your kids are kind of like early school age. So did you start homeschooling Mm -hmm. them? What was that process like? Yeah, because we were hitting the road, you know, we obviously were traveling and not living stationary. Homeschool made the most sense. Um, And then just with stuff in the world going on right now and um, we're like, why not? I was never against homeschooling. Dean and I both were public schooled and we loved it. Um, but with us traveling, it's like, why not? And their kindergarten, Ember's technically still preschool. And so at that age, you know, it's more creative. Um, you know, they're experiencing things on a daily basis. When we're going to these national parks, we're teaching them things, you know, about nature and the animals and habitat. Um, and then they're doing their little junior, junior ranger badge booklets. And so they're learning constantly. And so it, it seemed like something that was very doable for us and very manageable. Um, homeschooling was about, you know, an hour a day. And so they learned a lot just from us traveling and experiencing. And then we just supplemented with the curriculum of, you know, some, um, math and then literature or, um, what am I reading, 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 writing. Um, there's another word for the science, the science one, the science we, we connected to, like we learned about the desert when we were in Utah and the, um, evergreen trees when we were in the redwoods. And so we kind of tied it in and they loved it and it was very adventurous. Um, but then with the nomadic life, it was hard. And with, you know, us with us traveling, we work from home and then schooling the children. It was hard with our schedule. And so we've since um, we're settling down in one place for a little bit. We're still traveling every couple weeks, but we're like, if we're in one place, we might as well get them just enrolled back into school. And they were so excited. So this week, actually, they are two days they were probably like, back. mom and dad, you guys are terrible at teaching us. <laughs> you, are, you suck. We need to go back. Um, but they loved it and we loved it. It's their old school they were at. Um, they love the teachers. And um, I think it's best for them and for us just with managing um, life and work in this season. You know, when we're driving down the road in the RV, Dan is completely, you know, focused on driving. And if it's a 12-hour day, um, there were days where I was getting car sick and if I'm up front, I can't be turning around every five seconds or like sit back there with him and be like, let's do our school for the day. And here's your math sheet. Also the way the RV was structured, we can't really hear them. So I would give them like different math sheets and then they'd be asking me a question. I'm like, I, I just can't hear you. And so it proved to just be too difficult for us. Um, and, but there our kids are so, we always say resilient and flexible, like no matter you know, living in the RV multiple times or living in a friend's guest house and then traveling and then living stationary. They just are like, all right, what's next? Where are we going? What are we doing? Um, I think they've adapted to our lifestyle um, really well. And they they enjoy it because, you know, we're like, we're going on a road trip. And they're like, yeah, where are we going? We're like, we're going to the beach. Yeah, they get so excited. So <laughs> um, it's been fun for them. And on the education side of it, uh, there's a lot of really good apps out there too. Yeah. So we, we get, I know they make tablets uh, just for learning, but we got them iPads. Mm-hmm. And so like getting the Homer app, they really like yeah. that one. They can um, stream and watch shows, but then we, they can also do like educational yeah, stuff. Yeah, so like right? Netflix has a show called Number Blocks. And I'm like, I'm a nervous wreck thinking that I'm responsible for educating <laughs> my children. I was like, I did not care for school at all yeah and then one day canyon before we even started homeschooling he's like dad could you do some numbers to me and i was like uh okay what's three plus five and he's like come on dad that's too easy and i'm like oh i didn't know that was too easy for you i'm like what's 15 plus 10 he's like dad that's too easy and i'm like dude you don't you've yeah i don't even know if you've ever taken a math class but he watches this number block show all the time and and so we end up, I was like, all right, dude, you're going to push this and then you're going to be like, I have no idea. So I was like, what's 293 plus 715? And he just stops. He doesn't say like, that's too hard. He just sits there and in the air, he's just he's pointing. Like... <laughs> and then he comes back with the number and I'm like, you're kidding me. There's no way. And I do it on my phone. Yeah. And then from then on, I mean, we're going into the four digit numbers, just adding up whatever we can. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Thankfully, he's got this down because if it was up to me, he would not All learn any of it. All thanks to other, yeah, the apps. But yeah, the there's a lot of streaming. things that you can supplement. Um, and I feel like we could have done a little bit more research, but we were so excited for adventure and letting them experience life in a different way mm -hmm. that the education side of it, we're it's like, they're going to pick things up here and there. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like our number one yeah. priority. And they're both pre-elementary school. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, they probably like this is not into the education, but just like the life that you've taught them to have, like they don't know anything different. So exactly living in the small space and the, and the traveling, like that's just normal for them. Yeah. So, I mean, they've I'm sure more the kids are certainly resilient, but yeah, they've been to more States than Dan didn't leave his state, his home state till what you said, college or no, I think school? I was probably about 16 before I actually left the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. So they've yeah. experienced so much. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, why don't you tell our audience where everybody can find you, find you online, find your podcasts, all that stuff. Yeah. So we have a combined platform. We are Dan and Sam. We're on um, every platform, basically. We do have a podcast ourselves. We just talk about life and um, traveling, adventure, marriage, kids. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that's all. We are Dan and Sam. Yeah. Luckily, nobody took the handle on any of it. Uh, and then my podcast is The Nomadic Outdoorsman. I cover everything from and frog fishing. gigging to moose hunting in any and every location we can find. So, yeah. No matter what type of content you're looking for, we probably <laughs> we probably have it. I mean, we don't have like sports talk show. That's or true. Anything, but other hunting, than that, outdoors, travel, kids, everything. That's great. Uh, so we normally ask people about a recipe that they've been enjoying lately, but you guys have mentioned a pastalaya or something like yeah. that a couple of times. Can you tell us what that is and maybe we can share the recipe with our audience? Okay, so I I actually just got the official recipe Ooh, from did? my buddy last night. Ooh. And he did say if you don't do it in the insta if Thank you don't use an instapod, it's gonna take five to six hours to to make. Okay. Um just because of how you have so to So use an instant pot. <laughs> so I can send that over to you, but it's basically jambalaya and you can put whatever meat you want in it. Mm -hmm. Uh the Texans, they definitely make it hot. It was like and so just be nine. ready for that. I'm I'm used to milk and cheese, and so like any type of heat really messes me up. Uh, but I ate that whole bowl, <laughs> yeah. and I'll I'll make it exactly how he he made it for us. Um, but yeah, it's jambalaya with like penne noodles, and yeah, whatever meat. It had you like to put slap in. your mama's um, seasoning, and then Tony's seasoning. Um, there was celery in it, peppers, onions. He did he didn't like mushrooms, and so he actually substituted mushrooms with a can of Rotel. Oh, and that so was probably another. He like, in yeah, there he too. just gave me a bunch of different stuff, and it all came out of the meat eater cookbook. Oh, so, cool! Um, and then he just made a twist on it. Sweet, we do have that cool. cookbook, so now I'm about to look it up. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. That was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with someone and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>